Cue the intro music. And we on. It's been a few weeks. We're back with another episode of Bird Bros. It's Ron Brown with AD and AV. Later on, we'll be joined by Trent, who will be uh, bringing up the rear as he's a few minutes late. But bros, we are 2-0. Well, not we. We don't play, but the Falcons are 2-0. We can use we. Use we. All right, AD said we can use we. So we are 2-0. Just uh, had the big W over the Packers this past Sunday. And now we're looking forward to another NFC North foe, Detroit Lions. But we're going to talk about what we've seen the past two games and a little bit of other odds and ends. But, fellas, how you all doing tonight? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm all right, man. Holding it down down here in Texas. Um, AD, are you feeling good? Off? I know you uh, were in – well, you've been to the stadium a few times, but is that – is the uh, $5 concessions as good as advertised? Or Man, they – they man, they so they making a lot of money real quick already. It's, it's crazy. Bet. bet, bet. So, like I said, Falcons are 2-0. and We've seen strong offensive play. Julio Jones hasn't missed a step. Matt Ryan showing his MVP form. Devontae Freeman secured the bag and is still putting in work. The defense, hmm, some questions, but you got two W's, pulled out a nail biter in that first game. But but early on, what have you liked so far from uh the Falcons in the 2017 season, A V? Man, uh I've loved the defense. I mean, if you look at, at what the team has been able to accomplish, I think that that's by far been the most consistent unit. I think after week one, we all had question marks whether or not this was going to be a repeat of the first part of last year or whether we were going to see the defense that ended last last year on the way to the Super Bowl. And I think what I have seen and what I think a lot of us have seen is seeing that defense start to turn a corner. We've seen the defense grow up a little bit. Uh, we've seen the pass rush get home. They've got seven sacks through two games. We've seen the emergence of um, guys like Tack McKinley, who even though he doesn't have a sack, we've seen him get to the quarterback. We've seen unsung guys like Brooks Reed, who was a hero in game one, you know, make some plays. We saw Desmond Trufant, you know, kind of really return back to action um, this past week with his huge interception and then his uh, fumble return for a touchdown. So we've constantly seen the defense make some of the big plays to win the game. You know, if you think about uh, the game against the Packers, that game isn't solidified until True not only makes that pick, but then right after halftime returns it for a touchdown. So I got to say the defense has probably been one I'm most impressed by. Mm. I mean, do you echo that, AD? Because defense has been, like always, like the past couple of years, it's been a question mark for me so far. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, just the versatility. You know, you talk about um, Campbell com- coming off the edge now. Um, obviously all the different things they can do with Brian Poole. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say the defense because they've probably been the most consistent. But the one thing I would point out is let's talk about Sark's play calling, you know, second yeah. game. Yes, and sir. We all had some uh, some complaints the first game. But, I mean, that the last game this past Sunday looked like, looked like last year. Um, even – I mean, even to the point towards the second half, you know, they ran the ball when they needed to run the ball. They did take that shot with Julio, which, you know, probably would have put it away if Matt had connected on that. But, I mean, it was because I haven't had a chance to watch the game again. But I don't think there was too many things that he called. And I was like, what are we trying to do here? So, got to give him credit on that one. 
Yeah, and I remember in the group text early, uh, I think might have been AV who was saying, you know, we got to get touchdowns. One of you all was saying we got to get touchdowns compared to week one, where it's, you know, some drives that stalled in the red zone. And that was probably the biggest difference was getting six points instead of three. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, Sark is still kind of finding his way. I mean, because you got to remember, he came into this offense. He didn't bring his offense to the Falcons, so he's still learning the offense. Kind of like how we talk about players who are new to a system. The only difference is our offensive coordinator is new to the system. So he's still learning, guys. He's still learning what guys' uh, you know, strengths are. I don't think he's really used Taylor Gabriel to his full extent yet. I don't really think Austin Hooper has been used much, even though he had a, a very impressive game one. Uh, against the pack against the, the Bears, excuse me. So I still think he's trying to figure guys out, see, you know, what matchups work best. But um, the early returns have been good so far. I don't, to me, I don't even feel like the Bears game was was that bad when you consider it was on the road, you know, crappy turf, and the fact that you know he was really it was his first game with everybody playing in a full game. So uh, I think Sark has definitely been pretty good, but. I don't even think the offense is even close to where it could be just based on where he's at in his development with the team. Sark in the cut. That's a scary sight. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so more, uh, more news on, on the Falcons, which is not of the good variety, but you know, it's Vic Beasley with the hamstring injury and he'll be out what, four to six weeks. Was the been the prognosis that you all see? Uh, they've said Garrett, he's definitely out Sunday at the lions. And then, it's kind of a range. Zach Klein of WSB here in Atlanta was the one who said he'd be out a month with the, with the hamstring, right. but I haven't heard anyone else confirm that. I mean, really, they even kind of – they didn't necessarily play around with the possibility of him playing, but they just ruled him out officially like today with injury reports. So okay. I think it'll probably be a week-to-week thing. I wouldn't expect to see him back before the Patriots game, to be honest with you, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, it just depends on how he re- you know, responds to treatment, but I'd say at least a month he'll be out. Yeah, that's, it's really going to be a time to see, all right, is this defense that we, you know, have different opinions about, but who has – we saw some some additions not only last se- offseason, but this offseason as well. And it's time for them to step up and see are, are they for real. And, of course, we had high hopes for Vic Beasley. We were saying what, one and a half or two sacks this past week with all the injuries the Packers had. But, I mean, uh, kind of tough to see that injury. And – Opportunity for the other guys to step up and really see what do we have in this defense. Maybe Tack steps up. Devondre Campbell. Of course, uh, those guys in the middle. See a Grady Jarrett probably get in there and, and get a, a few sacks and cause pressure. because that, That'll be important, especially with a team like Detroit coming in. Or even, I mean, think about a guy like Jack Crawford. I mean, he got a lot of run, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the preseason. And he's a huge guy. I mean, he's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Um, he can really play either tackle or he can go outside. So um, Adrian Claiborne, another guy, you know, who they're probably going to be throwing in the mix. So there's a lot of guys that the Falcons can throw out there um, and be really creative. You know, even somebody like a Kamal Ishmael, who's not a, a end, you know, he actually, you know, converted to linebacker from safety, but he's somebody who can get after the quarterback. So I think there's a lot of different options that they have. I know in the group text, we talked a lot about possibility of Dwight Freeney. Would that be something the Falcons were looking at? I, I don't think that he's in play. Just based off of what I've heard, I heard uh, Dan Quinn interview uh, from earlier this week, and it didn't sound like that was what was going to happen. Obviously, they're still in contact, but uh, it doesn't sound like they're looking to go that route. But yeah, it's, it's going to take it's going to take a village. You don't just lose a guy, you know, like Vic who led the league in sacks and, and just replace that overnight. They're going to have to get a, a group of guys to to really rally, take up his extra snaps that are going to be available, and make some plays. 
Is is Dwight Freeney the answer? I know uh, AD. We talked about that. We keep referencing the group text because it's every day is some crazy stuff going on, <laughs> arguments, and memes, and jokes. But I was I'm thinking, hey, let's go younger. But AD, do you feel like, hey, Freeney? We know what we had in him last year. You know, he saw some video on Twitter yesterday. He was putting in work. Probably I don't know if that's an audition, but <laughs> <laughs> nah. I mean, it sounds like there's an open line of communication between him and uh him and DQ, you know, the, I think the question is not, I think the guys we have are capable. I think the, the question becomes more of a depth issue. Um, as you saw, I think we all saw on Sunday, you know, there were portions of that game where those guys were huffing and puffing because they just played a lot of minutes in the second half is the way Green Bay was kind of running there. I mean, they were playing the softer coverage on the back end and then um, Green Bay was kind of dinking and dunking for a while, just getting up and down the field. So, I think it's more of a question of depth and, you know, only the Falcons really know this. If you're talking a legit four to six weeks, bring in just from a depth standpoint, I don't think, so I don't think it's a question of having to bring somebody in to match Vic's numbers. I think those guys can do it as a collective, but you're just talking about bodies and keeping a rotation, which is part of what they want to do anyway. I know that the Falcons, they, they elevated, um, I can't think of the guy's name. I'm trying to find his his name, but they elevated a gentleman from the practice squad, um, you know, in the, the expectation that Vic's not going to play for a while. So they brought in uh, Taniella Tupuo, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, and they they waived running back Jarrell Presley, who they had signed during the preseason. So, um, I mean, obviously he's not going to be a name that really inspires a whole lot of confidence or faith. I think that's just a name uh, that they – have some familiarity with, and they definitely wanted to bring back in since they've had him in camp uh, before. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure if they're convinced that that Freeney is the guy. Um, I think that might be almost, to me, just the way it feels, maybe a last resort type of option. I know they like Freeney. Uh, they, if they can have him, possibly. But I just don't see who else they'd be willing to get rid of. Because you're not bringing Freeney back for practice squad. You're bringing him to be part of the 53-man roster. I'm not sure who they would go after, especially – or who they would get rid of, especially when you consider the, the injuries on the offensive side of the football, where you got, you know, right tackle, starter right tackle Ryan Schrader, who's going to be out, in, you know, with a concussion. Who knows how long he'll be gone. Um, so you got some injuries to contend with. So I'm not sure if Freeney would be just strictly as a situational pass rusher, if he'd be the right move considering the total landscape of injuries that we have at this time. Yeah, so the guy you mentioned uh... – Tupo, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but he's a second-year guy. Was undrafted out of Washington last year. Played um, for the Seahawks. Played in one game, uh, fullback D tackle, and then plays probably going to play a little D tackle for the Falcons. Got signed out of rookie mini camp. Was waived, I guess, in the final cutdown, and then uh, signed back to practice squad on the 19th. So, you know, it's yeah, which was what yesterday. So, I mean, probably not going to see a lot of impact from him, but just another uh, guy to have in that rotation if he gets called up from the practice squad. Yeah, and I think you got to look, too, you got to look, too, at who we're playing. So, obviously, Detroit, um, you know, they're going to throw it around a lot, but then you move into Buffalo, then a bye week, and then Miami. So, you probably – they're probably – you know, the thing about Freeney is, A, you know, if they wanted him here for the entire season, and this is a knock on him, he'd be here, I would imagine – just considering how um, openly DQ has talked about being in communication with him. So if the reality is that Vic is really only going to miss, you know, 
if he's not going to be back before the New England game, I'm sure Franey doesn't want to come in here for four or five weeks. And, you know, there's really no benefit in doing that for the fact. I mean, there's benefit, but I'm sure they probably got a pretty good respect level where they don't want to bring him in for four or five games. And he probably don't want to be here for just four or five games. And I feel like DQ probably thinks when he looks at the defensive talent that we have on the roster, I think he probably feels pretty good. I mean, obviously losing Vic is a big blow, but I mean, I think he feels pretty good about the interior of the line as far as the depth. Uh, I think he feels good about, you know, what we have coming off the edge. I think they feel like, you know, you think about it now, Tech has played pretty much every preseason game except the Miami game. Uh, he's been in camp, so they initially, you know, before he got here when we drafted him, we didn't think he would be ready until to play until a few weeks from now. Like, I don't think we thought he'd be even, you know, ready to play at this point. So he's gotten a lot of time um, to kind of get the playbook down, kind of understand some of the different looks. And the guys, I mean, he's got um, unbelievable speed, but he has a great bull rush that, you know, you've seen some of the the videos he has uh, that he had against the Packers where he was really dominant at times. So I think that he's definitely, um, you know, somebody they're going to count on and move him around right, you know, on right defensive end, left defensive end. They're going to move him around, try to take advantage of that. And I think against a team like the Lions, where you got somebody like Greg Robinson, you know, offensive tackle. Uh, He was drafted highly out of Auburn, you know, several years ago. Uh, as a number two pick, but he hasn't really lived up to expectations. I mean, that's going to be an area where I think the Falcons look to attack that the, the Lions offensive line has not never been uh, consistently strong. So I think that that's an area where we can attack. Man, we're talking about their offensive line. We we have some issues of our own for the Falcons with Schrader being out. I know Ty Sambrio, I mean, hey, forgive me for butchering the name, but uh, he came in and played right tackle after Schrader went out. And we saw Monday night, I mean, the Lions had their way with Eric Flowers. And, you know, Ziggy Ansah was living in the backfield. He, is my, he, might, have, he might as well have been uh, the Giants running back because he was in the backfield every, every play. I mean, that's going to be a question. Their D-line is pretty strong. So we got to see what, what that will look like coming up here on Sunday. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, too? Um, you know, the, the Lions defensive front had field day. Like you were saying, Ansai had an unbelievable game against Eric Flowers, who almost looked like he shouldn't be in the league after performance like that. But uh, the Lions, they, they have some depth issues at linebacker. They, they start Paul Warlow, who we all know, <laughs> you know, former, fa- former Falcon who left there as a free agent. But um, Wait, he's the, starting? He's starting yeah. for them, yeah, yeah. He's a starting linebacker <laughs> for your Detroit Lions, A.D. <laughs> I saw him get burning coverage, and I was like, yo, y'all see this? Yeah. this it might be a good game next week. <laughs> and then you got uh, – <laughs> Yo, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Tevin Coleman about to make a contract out of this. Yeah, let, let it sink in for a minute. Just let, let it all ease in there. Yeah, he starts for them. He, he starts. And then you got their rookie, uh, Gerard Davis, out of Florida – who was having a really good start to his season, he's out with a concussion. So, yeah, the front, the front four for Detroit is solid. But once you get into their the second, the, uh, the linebackers, you have opportunity to really make some hay. So um, I would expect if we're seeing the right side of the line struggle, I mean, we all, all know how bad uh, Schweitzer played week one. He was better um, week two. Um, against the Packers, if we're seeing that part of the line struggle, I expect to see a lot of short passes to get up into the middle of, uh, of the Lions because that linebacker core is, is is hurting right now. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, no disrespect to Warlow. We just know what his limitations are. 
Um, right. I do want to give him credit because I know DQ gave him a lot of credit as far as bringing guys like Debo and Devondre along last year. So um, I appreciate it. But, you know, let's be reality here. I mean, you talk about um, – we talk about Hooper who hasn't really been – I mean, he had a great game. Uh, Hold on one moment. Hold on one moment. That, that, that's Trish music. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my fault. My fault. I'm having some technical. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. Yeah. I'm having some technical difficulties over here, man. That's why I keep shooting in and shooting out. Well, welcome to the show. AD was in the middle of a uh, point. Sorry but, about that, uh, AD. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, but I mean that if if that I mean that linebacking core against Sanu in the slot, Cooper, and then um, any combination Gate. of Freeman and uh, Tico coming out the backfield. I mean, I can dial up those plays. <laughs> you didn't even talk about Gabriel or Justin Hardy. You know, Hardy had a good game too, uh, where he was able to make a couple plays. You know, across the middle. Just imagine. I mean, they're yeah. they're going to be giving our guys a ton of space because, like you said, Warlow doesn't have the speed to match it, and whoever they're bringing up to to play, um, you know, now that Davis is out for Detroit, they're not going to be able to keep up with a Tevin Coleman or, or Devontae Freeman once they hit that second level. So there's a lot of opportunity uh, for the offense next week or this week, I should say. And never mind. And you know, real quick, but I mean, Julio on those deep end cuts, which we know. I mean, when that play action starts sucking um, those linebackers up and then you got Julio 10 or 15 yards behind that, man, on turf. Woo. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to look kind of – it's going to look bad for Detroit. Uh, I'm not sure off defensively what they can do. I think they're just going to have to try to make it a shootout, which that means, you know, and I, that's our former dog, AD. So, of course, we – we got love for Stafford, but not on Sunday, you know. So he's going to have to try to match Matt Ryan touchdown for touchdown. And, I, and I'm not sure if he has – he's played well, but I'm not sure if he has enough uh, enough in the bag to do that. He's played well playing safer. So if it's a situation where he's got to go shot for shot and if he's down, you know, 14 or, I mean, two, three scores – and he's really got to start slinging it around. I think that plays into Atlanta's hands. I don't know if y'all know, uh, but I think Matt Ryan and, Staff- and uh, Matthew Stafford are pretty close. I heard um, might have been last summer, a couple summers ago. My, one of my boys was saying they play in a like a church league together, basketball during off season. So yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, they, they, are, they are. Yeah, that's okay. that's yeah. They, that's his best friend. That's his yeah. best friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of big checks between those two. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let me borrow a dollar. Anything. <laughs> so, Trent, we've been rolling a little bit, man. Anything uh, you have to talk about? I mean, I know you and AV are sworn enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, friendly enemies. No, I, I don't know. Hear you. I, I, I don't mean to pitch you all two black men. I, yeah, I see. Good Nick. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you're Don King right now, man. But um, hey, <laughs> indifference. <laughs> but anyway, my I guess just to hear I was I heard the tail end of the conversation. And I do feel like Matt Ryan has the upper hand when it comes to just the quarterback situation. However, I would I am worried about um if we would be able to get pressure on uh, Matthew Stafford, because if we if we can't, 
And we just, I mean, we saw that if you watch the Monday night football game, if you just give him the time back there to pick his poison, then of course, any quarterback, which we saw that week one with uh, Glennon, any quarterback can um, just easily uh, piece through our, our defense. So my issue would, will be just how we handle the trenches. I mean, of course, they have a, a, a pretty stout uh, front front four with Pelodi Nada. Um, I think you were saying Zeke Yansa and Ashawn Robinson, a, a, a D tackle out of Alabama. So they, they have a pretty stout front four. So I want to see how out, like if Matt Ryan is giving the time. If he is giving the time, then I think our offense will should handle their uh, defense pretty easily. But like I said, that's if he's given the time. And then, of course, on the um, – on a de- defensive side of the ball, we have to get the Matt, Matt Stafford because if not, then you'll see why he was paid all that money. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, – I, I think the other thing, too, is just going to be, you know, how do the Falcons – how do we attack them defensively um, because of the fact that – I mean, they, they are rolling. You know, they – you know, the, the Lions, they were aided by a, a, a return for a touchdown, but – you know, offensively, they look pretty good against the Giants. And, you know, we came into the season thinking the Giants defense was going to be one of the top units in the league. So they were able to move the ball and, and make some plays. But um, I really think that the defense, you know, is going to have to set the tone um, as far as how physical we play. You know, when you look at what the Lions can do offensively, they, they, they really try to be a lot like us when you look at some of the different, different um, things they like to do with the wide receivers, like Golden Tate you know, what they like to do out of the backfield with uh, Amir Abdullah. Um, I mean, they have a lot of talent. Um, I wouldn't say quite as much as we do, but they do have talent at the skill position. So, um, you know, we got to make sure that we have a, a good game plan, especially now that we're out without Vic, of how we're going to get to the quarterback, but more importantly, how we're going to guard their guys. I was going to say, yeah, one thing I am worried about on the def- defensive side of the ball is that the, D- the Detroit Lions, they do have, like, I guess you can – it's – underrated talent I mean with a guy like Golden Tate he's very underrated around the league but he is a durable guy he's one of like he's very he's very efficient so a guy like Golden Tate can be scary when you're not pressuring the defense oh you're not pressuring the quarterback I'm sorry but I just feel like our all our defense their strength is speed so I'm not I don't think that we have to hands in the mouth but we do have to um be all over the field, of course, because when you have a guy like Golden Tate, you have a guy like Marvin Jones, you have Eric Ebron, who um, I guess that's one thing. Uh, Keanu Neal, he's uh, of course, he's a hard hitter, but his cover skills are ridiculous. So um, Eric Ebron is a guy that's coming along, so he will be another guy that we, you have to spotlight in their offense as well. I think Theo Riddick out of the backfield, he's one of the better pass-catching Running backs in the league, that's another guy to look out. Since they really don't have much of a running game, I think they probably use that short pass. Yeah. Uh, well, Abdullah actually looked good. Well, it's the Giants. The Giants actually look bad. But he actually looked decent against the Giants. So, yeah, uh, he did. He did. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a guy we got to watch. But, look, I'm, I'm real quick, guys, a trivia question. Let's test you all's Falcons knowledge. Don't pull out your phone. Don't Google. We can hear your keyboards if you're clicking. <laughs> you remember what happened the last time we played the Lions? Wasn't that 2014? The missed field goal? That was with Smith. It was with Smith. No, no. That was in London. It was in London. That was in London. That was in London. Okay. Uh, You guys remember. I remember because Trent came to Atlanta. Yeah. It was in Atlanta for a wedding or something. Yeah, goodness. We woke up early, went to Taco Mac, and 
What do you do with yeah, wait, 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 wait. Y'all went to Taco Mac at nine in the morning? Yeah, it was yeah. only one of the only places that had the game that was showing the game. So what you got? You got like what eggs benedict oh, or something yeah. in the morning? Like what what, what did you Oh no, what do you eat? Wings. Wings at wings. nine wings. in the morning? What I act like you ain't heat there's up some a time limit? A, yeah, but there's a time limit on wings. Yeah, it's it's an afternoon or dinner delight. <laughs> it's not a morning <laughs> treat. <laughs> You've I've been, been a bachelor before. You just woken up. The wings ain't the problem. Blue cheese before yeah. 12? That, that's what I'm saying. Blue cheese, blue cheese on dressing. your wings? Rinse. What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to eat them bad boys as is. We, we ain't adding no condiments, no spread of any kind. What? All, all the Blue cheese ranch. Oh, uh, first Ranch first. dressing only. I don't do any oh, dressing. Man. I just go straight in. I mean, AT was uh, AT. Uh, AV was blessed with uh, AV was no same L- wings over there. LT's wings over there on Cascade. Oh man, wow! That's I ain't had them place. in a minute. Wow, yeah. I said Cascades, Cascade over there on Cascade. Cascade, no S, all C's. But no, ranch all day, man. Look, you know, dip it a little bit. I mean, it sucks, man. I'm down here in the middle of nowhere. Te- not the middle of nowhere, but my part of Texas I'm in. No good wing spots, man. I, I've been fiending for some good lemon pepper for a long time. So <laughs> next time I'm in Atlanta, it's going to be like the show Atlanta when they were the JR Crickets, which really doesn't – they don't really have wet lemon pepper wings for people listening. That's not – Didn't a, they close that JR – I think they closed that JR Crickets. Is that – was that the one off uh, – Is that the, the original? Because the original – we are way off topic, but yeah, I don't this, know. Is, this, this is what the people really want to hear. They want to hear our discussion <laughs> yeah, about wings and of course, and wet yeah. lemon pepper. Quality well, wet, wet lemon pepper there, is overrated. The wing stop on um, North Jury Hills burned down the other week, and I what? shared a tear. Right? Wow, that's I, I didn't, didn't know that. Wing stop is bad. It's terrible too. Just to put it. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if I was in a crunch, let's go. Let me pepper my wings. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, crunch, oh. crunch is great because those wings are terrible. Crunchy wings, <laughs> yeah. nasty wings. <laughs> but dang, I mean, we gotta go back to talking Falcons football. But like I said, that was the last time we played the Lions. Was that London game? And what they made a field goal to win it, or I, I remember it's just heartbreaking. Felt bad. I'm like, I woke up this early. Well, we, time out or we, something. Unfortunately, and what's become a theme for for the Falcons, we gave up a big lead, um, okay. and you know we gave. Yeah, it was a last second. Oh, yeah. uh, was it was a last Cleveland. second field goal that they got? Um, it was probably one of Mike Smith's worst games as a coach for the Falcons. Uh, that wasn't oh. a good team that he had, but that was probably probably his worst one of his worst coaches he had like three or four really bad games that year i think it was that game the cleveland game was really bad right it just he just really was just not firing all cylinders I, I remember that one now i was at the gym and then yeah that second half 21 was, to 0 in the, yeah. at halftime we were it was 20 yeah i remember i was at my grandparents house i was like oh we got this <laughs> not so fast my friend so yeah, t- a tough that. loss to tough loss well, yeah. to the line. Like I said, like Rome said, we were in Taco Mac. So of course we were just throwing back wings. Throwing, I think I, I may even had a beer. I don't know. But <laughs> wow. We, wow. We were doing every like we were enjoying it. And then you just saw it coming. Like, oh my God, every five minutes. It was it was bad. You saw it coming. 
and it was bad. It was poor time management as well. I think that was the writing on the on the wall for Mike Smith. But yeah, because that Cleveland game actually week. happened a couple weeks later. So yeah, I mean at, at home too. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hey, Smitty bounced back on his feet as most NFL coaches do after they uh job. So shouldn't cry for him. <laughs> Shed no tears for him. But uh, hey guys, I mean we've been rolling through everything. Anything else that that's pertinent or debatable or AV? I know you're always on the newswire, seeing what the national media has to say about the Falcons. Yeah, I just think this week has been really funny. I mean, I, I think, uh, and we kind of even debated this as uh, as the Bird Bros. It's kind of like where the Falcons were. I think week one was underwhelming to all of us. Some of us, um, not just us, but in the national media. You know, really, we're kind of ready to write the Falcons off or, oh, they still have the hangover from the Super Bowl. Uh, then you look at the reviews and power rankings. If you choose to look at those from this week, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find one where the Falcons aren't at least top five. A lot of them, you know, were number one. ESPN had us number one. I think Sports Illustrated, we were number two behind the Chiefs. Uh, so you see kind of how chaotic and volatile power rankings can be week to week, uh, especially early in the year where you really don't know how good teams are. Uh, but I think everybody can agree that this Falcons team is 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 now is the class of the NFC. I mean, I think we felt that way coming into the year. Um, the first week was a little you know a little sketchy based on how it ended, but uh, I don't think that anything has happened at least in the conference or with us to make people think that we aren't anything less than the best in the conference. So uh, I think the Falcons can cement that with you know with the win at Detroit. Um, in which the Falcons are a favorite. The Falcons are a three-point favorite. Uh, it's minus three, I think, Falcons uh, at Detroit, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, you know, I think the Falcons did a lot to kind of get the critics off their back uh, this past week. We'll see what they do this week. Yeah, one thing I hate about the national media when it comes to Atlanta Falcons, it's always – they're always hedging their bet. So, of course, you have a – like, of course, the Bears. It's like, oh, this, it's the Falcons again, of course. And then you – Win against the Packers, like okay, the Falcons may be may be serious, and then the Detroit Lions, which playing at Detroit, that's a tough game. So while people may underrate like that, uh, you were just saying that we were negative three. That's pretty generous because it's an away game, and the Detroit Lions are two and zero, and they've had pretty good wins so far. So I don't like I, I expect this to be the toughest game we've had all season, and of course we played the Packers and. I think I'm going to say the last four or five times we played the Packers, they've been they've had injuries everywhere. So while I, I while I agree that that was a, a very good win, I also understand that that was with no Jordy Nelson. That was with no Mike Daniels. They were missing a lot of guy, a lot of their guys. So while it is a pretty good win, I am still I'm not as far as. Okay, this team is heading head above show, heading shoulders above everyone in the NFC. I think they're still. I'm holding on to a little doubt because I want to see how we respond with an away game uh, against a pretty good team. But I just think that um, when it comes to, I don't put much stock into that national media because it's always hedging their bets with every analyst on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what the. I mean, I care, but I don't care. I think. And I rarely paid this much attention to it, but that was a terrible broadcast Sunday night. Yep. Like, and I know we're all hypersensitive to the Super Bowl thing, but it got to the point of just like, what are we talking about? Like, they're, you know, like, 
I got I realize they gotta do stuff about that, but they just went out of their way, in my opinion. And like I said, nine times out of ten, I tune out the broadcast as is. Um, but that was terrible. Terrible. I mean, if you think that was bad, just wait till October twenty second at New England. It's it's gonna be a repeat of what you heard against the Packers. And the ironic thing is we destroyed the Packers. You would have thought there would have been more discussion on how badly we beat the Packers. It it all turned back to 28 to three. And look, I get it. I mean, it's a national audience. A lot of people haven't seen the Falcons on national TV since the Super Bowl. So some of that was appropriate, but I mean, they, they killed it. Like they killed it, especially when the game got quote unquote close. I mean, the game, the, the, the score had already pretty much been decided, but they kept on bringing it back, kept on bringing it back. But October 22nd is going to be worse. Same crew. It's going to be a, you know, a Sunday night game. So I think they're going to go even more in depth. You'll see more of the signs in the crowd. You'll see more free plays of the game. They're going to go in super, super depth to make sure every Falcons fan remembers the fact that we lost 28-3 lead. I mean, the, the minute it happened, February 5th, when the Falcons walk off the field and they lost, the jokes are, were going to come. So, I mean, and then the, the continuous nonstop talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going – I mean, every yeah, time but, you're on national TV, it's going to have – like every – and even in the play, it doesn't matter what like where you are until if we – hopefully we reach the Super Bowl, then that's when you can get rid of that monkey. You're not going it's – ne- it's never going to leave. I mean, you have to – at this point, you have to embrace it. You have to know it's it's coming. Well, you got to embrace it, but you just got well, to try to – You don't have to embrace it, but you have to understand that it's, it's coming. That's the biggest yeah. storyline for the Falcons this year. Yeah, but, I mean, this is like – and I like they started off the game with it. I get that. It's gonna be first quarter. I get that. There was a point in the third quarter where the game was not in doubt later in the third, and they're still talking about it like it just had no space in there. Like I get that you gotta talk about it at some points, and that's gonna be part of it. But there was a section there in the third quarter where the game wasn't close. Um, and they still they're still going on and on. I'm like I don't get the – I just don't get it. It And I know it's going to happen. And I'm on the 22nd, my TV is going to be on mute, bro. So <laughs> the local broadcast. But that I get that because that's at New England. I get all that. But I just felt like it was borderline disrespectful from the fact of Atlanta home game. B, you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side. So, hey, either – I mean, I would have preferred they were licking his ass instead of talking about – you know, twenty-eight to three. So I don't know. I, Wait, hold up. Did you? That, <laughs> you said, you said, oh, <laughs> that didn't come out right. But <laughs> <laughs> the playback, playback. <laughs> well, no, I, where, that's not. Where's, 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 right where's the Dame Dash smiley when you need it? <laughs> not in Harlem. A man oh, sounding okay. like uh, Janae Aiko over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I oh, yeah. AD took a trip to Publix just now. <laughs> <laughs> Whole Foods, AD. That's AD. Whole Foods. Yeah. Excuse me. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was at that one the other day. I didn't see. Um, I didn't see Dimitrov. But see Dimitrov. There was talent there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's always important. Always have to evaluate. Yeah. Well, fellas, hey, I feel like we've we've hit our topics. Unless you all have anything else to say. Uh, predictions. predictions predictions for predictions. Sunday what you guys got uh, 
of course, AV want to bring go, the predictions up since he was the only one right last uh, week. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Listen, hey, hey, I, I, I do what I do, man. I do what I do. So, so you started off then, right? You started off this week. Uh, yeah. For you, for for this week, who I got? Yeah, who um, got? who I got? I will obviously Falcons. I mean, I think it's. I think the game is actually going to be a lot closer than uh than what some people think. Because I think looking at the schedule, people are like Lions, whatever. Uh, I think it'll be a lot closer. The Lions have some confidence. They're at home. I think they definitely want to make a, a national, um, you know, statement. Uh, but I think the Falcons are just too good. I think they're too focused. Um, I think that it's another high-scoring game. I think Sark really starts to get away to get uh, Taylor Gabriel on some linebackers in the space. Tevin Coleman have a big game. So I'm going to go with 31-21 Falcons. I'm going 35-17. Go uh, wow. Oh, wow. Don't see any competition. Falcons. Falcons. I'm going um, 31-27. Yeah, I'm going 31-24. 31. That's a lot of points. First of all, just scoring away, I, that's a lot of points. So I feel like the offense will be um, – we'll just be look, just continue that trend from last year. I think week one was – it took some time, but I think they're reaching their stride now. So I think uh, they'll be able to score 30 points away. Yeah, I think on a fast track in a dome – uh, I think this is the perfect kind of game. The only thing that can really derail it, like we said, is if the right side of the line is just not not performing well. Schweitzer is just getting it handed to him, which I mean, which is possible. I mean, that's an active front four. Uh, but if they're able to hold their own up front, I think. I mean, Matt Matt's been awesome uh, lately. So I mean, really going back to the end of last year. So if he can keep that going, I, I don't really see any any way where we lose. Did he make a bad throw Sunday? I'm not trying to be, I mean, like, hyperbole, but I don't know that he decision on Sunday from what we know as fans. Uh, I mean, throws, I can't really think of one that was a bad decision. He maybe took a sack or two that he probably shouldn't have. But, uh, I mean, he's he's been elite. I mean, he has been an elite quarterback uh, most, if not all, of last season. And to start off this year, he's just been on point. So, um, his numbers haven't been gaudy. Like he doesn't have a lot of touchdown passes, not a, a ton of yards, but um, he's been efficient. He's been smart with the ball. And I mean, like we said before the season started, I think that he could, has a legit shot to be back to back MVP. If he keeps it up at this level, I think he's going to be back in the conversation. That's not out of the question at all. He's been playing well and, and I just can't see his offense. Well, I mean, it'll happen, but as long as his offense is playing like they did, uh, this past Sunday, sky's the limit. I can see us going back and and everything being never hearing twenty eight to three as much as we did last week again. Hearing that much, all that talk and memes and everything. Because look at the Warriors in basketball; they blew they blew a three one lead. They came back this year to kick their ass. And hey, nobody's talking it's possible, about possible. Possible, and we have the talent. So, same thing with Clemson. I mean, Clemson, they, they lost to Alabama last year, came back and beat them, then, then, you know, this past year. So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, the Falcons, the way that they played that Green Bay game, the physicality really stood out. Like, if you think about how physical they were from Sanu to Freeman um, to Debo, I mean, just all across, I mean, Vic with his hit. Um, I mean, the guys played, like, you could feel it, you know, just watching the game, how physical they were. So, 
if they keep that kind of edge going, I mean, it, they, they're not going to lose on Sunday. Yeah. And before I get out, I just want to shout out uh, True Font. I mean, that's, I think before I, we, before the season started, that was one guy that I wanted to pay a lot of attention to just because he was coming off an injury. And it's just like, you didn't know this particular role or, or he had just got paid. And it's just like, okay, is, is he going to live up to the contract or what True Font will we get? And I think he's shown early in this season that, that he's back and he's ready to compete. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure, for sure. So hopefully next week when we hop on here, all of us will be right with our predictions about a win. And and maybe maybe this week I'll, I'll be right about the score. And <laughs> A.V. can, can uh, give it, give everybody else some props, you know. Cause, <laughs> when he, get, when hey, he wins, he wins. He takes the credit, so. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a man of the people, man. That's that's how I like to describe it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Trent will probably hit us next week. He well, I know AD is uh modeling the new jackets that that oh, AV yeah. made. What do you call it? The slim fit gingham. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what AV was talking about. I'm like, man, you yeah, you work at a luxury. I, I, listen, I, retailer. I, I, I mean, hey. dude, I worked at Banana Republic, and I've never like I've heard of a slim fit gingham, but not the rest of it. It's not like an NFL play. <laughs> All we need I mean, is an audible <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying, look, we we taking the, the arms in. I can get the uh, get the lapels uh, custom made for you, AD. Whatever you need, we got you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. There you go, casket sharp. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's bad. That's a bad look for anybody to ever wear something like that. So, um, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Oh, one last thing, AD. Any uh, your Vegas stuff or skip? Um, oh, real, real quick. Um, Amelia, I would have lost you money on the um, uh, on the the point spread last week because I would have told you uh, take the Packers. Uh, this week, the the plus, I mean, minus three for Atlanta. Take that. Over under is like 49, 50, 50 and a half. Which, what? Um, I think you, That's super right. low. Sheesh. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. So, I mean, unless they know something I don't, I just don't see how between both of these teams, you know. You're talking 26, 24, something like that with that right. kind of number. Yeah. Yeah. Three scores. I mean, basically three and a half scores a piece, give or take. So, yeah. I mean, you may want to bet big on that one. There we go. AD has spoken. Hopefully you take his advice and, and win some money. But it's another episode of Bird Bros. Salute to all three of the Bird Bros. Bird Bros flying high with me tonight. Oh, man, this group me should be entertaining in the next few days. It may not even be about football, but you guys keep <laughs> the laughs going. And it's all I thought, you, I thought you said bird blood, bro. That's <laughs> for a second. <laughs> No, nah, that was a slip of the tongue. Slip of the tongue. But uh right, about to call you bone uh bone brown of this thing. <laughs> I know, hey. <laughs> what uh, I don't know if y'all watch Insecure, but uh the guys all it's the blood on there talking about oh, yeah. Brock Pot. Brock Pot and Broccoli uh <laughs> Broccoli Flower Soup. <laughs> His daughter's like Bolly Flower Soup soup is her favorite thing to eat. So. But, uh, nah, I'm unaffiliated. <laughs> At this time. At this time, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit too old to join the gang, but hey, who knows? Life could change. You hit a dog. 
<laughs> well, fellas, another episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace out. <laughs>